This is the Refuge Project, and we are back. Yeah, we are. I don't even remember what we used to say. Safe place, yeah. conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaningful conversation. Meaningful, a meaning, meaningful conversation in a safe place. Yeah. Here we are. Having mean, more meaningful conversations. More meaningful. More meaningful. If you don't know, we are on YouTube now. Refuge Project. Go out and check us out there. There's a lot of people that don't know. Mm. So... We uh, we're trying to get the word. Us you can see us, our beautiful face. You see James's, you know. I was gonna say uh, His eyebrows. Yeah, I was gonna say beard, but after you do all that, you know, eyebrow movement is check it, check it out. <laughs> check it, check it, check it. Yeah. All right, all right. Oh, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be. A <laughs> is that really good? That's good. That's perfect for the thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So that's what you're missing out on uh, on YouTube yeah. right there. Got to see us on YouTube. Come check us out on Instagram, Refuge Project on Instagram. So uh, do all the stuff. Like all those things. Help us get it to the top of the, you know, the dilly dallies, you know. Top of the dilly dallies. Yeah. Here we come. Uh, whatever those things are, you know, to help you get to the top where people can find you and all the stuff. Dude, look at this. I've been, ugh, been showing black for a second there. So they, it wasn't that. So long, they really though. can't see us. Yeah, it's okay. We said they can see us, but they really can't. <laughs> it was just for a second. Okay, I fixed it. I mean, you know, we're getting used to this stuff. We've yeah. been out for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got back in last night. Yeah. So how I, was it? Where'd you go? I went to Colorado. Colorado. Heard you had a heat wave. They had a heat wave. Everybody's yeah. got a heat wave. I think. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was, but Colorado's like you know seventy five. No, you know, I mean 90. it's like low nineties during the hot part of the day. But you know, it's a different kind of right. 90s. It's all dry and everything. So do y'all have air conditioners up there? They didn't. So they didn't or you don't? Yes. <laughs> because. because okay. I know certain places just don't have air conditioners, right? Well, so you can have an air conditioner. Well, yeah, but like but most places, fan or something. Yeah, so most places just don't have the ACs because they don't think you need them most of the time. And most of the time you don't. You know, when it's cold, you don't need it. Right. And then even in most of the summertime, you know, it's still cool at night. Like it's. A little chilly at night. Probably 50s or something at night. Yeah, and mornings, evenings, you know, you grab a light jacket. You feel good. Yeah. But during the middle of the day, in the sun, it's hot. Um, even just middle of the day in the shade, it feels pretty okay. Yeah. Um, what about in the house? What, in the house, so it's warm. So what moves the air in the house? Fans? So you just have the windows open. Okay. But that wasn't enough for my dad. I was needing like a dun 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 button. We need to add that. That'd be a good one. We need to add that. My uh, sister's oldest kid, Luke. He's he's eight years old, and he was on the trip with us. And he's been that's been his thing. He'll say something, and we'll dun, go, dun, he'll dun, go dun dun dun, dun. <laughs> like to emphasize his thing. That's why it's in my head. Uh, but yeah, so not cool enough for my dad, and it did get kind of warm at night. Uh, so he bought I don't even know what you call him. I can't remember. It's like a little mini wannabe AC thing. It's a big fan. You put cold water or ice in, okay, and it circulates the air. So like a swamp cooler. I don't know what that means. Yeah, you're, you're, too, I don't you're know. too young for swamp. And I can't remember coolers. the technical name for these things. Somebody out there knows what air I'm coolers. About. Yeah, like sure. It's a big fan that circulates cooler air in your house. So you're just putting humidity in a non-humidity. No, head. so you got to leave a window open. For it to suck air in and out of, okay, to keep to fix the humidity problem. Oh, okay, 
Um, so he did. The, so the first couple nights he didn't have that, um, and it was it was whatever. He got a full house, like all the yeah, kids yeah, are yeah. There and so it's families. a three bedroom place. Um, so they've got like the main master bedroom, which my parents are in. Then there's another small bedroom uh, that me and Tara are in. And then there's another room that they call the bunk room. And that one's got two different bunk beds, two different sets of bunk beds. And the bottom one, one of them is like a full-sized bed. Right. And I think the other one is a queen on the bottom. And the top ones are twins. Anyway, so that was Rand's family there. Right. So you could fit six people in there if you need to. Yeah, you could fit a few in there. And then the... Or a bunch of kids. Or a bunch of kids, which is what they did. Yeah. And then um, the living room couch folds out. And then they had an air mattress that they set up in the living room. So that was Ben and um, his, oh, dude, his now fiance. All right. Yeah. Congratulations, Ben. Where's the yeah, button? All right. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Her and her kid were there. So they had the living room. So uh, Haley and her kid, Emma, had the pull-out couch, and Ben had the air mattress, which was actually, like, a super nice air mattress. Yeah, they're getting nice now. Yeah, it was nice. And it's one of those ones, you know, the pumps built in. Yeah. So you just plug it in, hit the button. In the middle of the night, if you need a little more air. <laughs> and then when you need to get rid of them, there's no, like, jumping on it. Get oh, the yeah, air. you reverse. Just like reverse. It's great. The construction. Yeah. yeah nice. But, yeah, they got engaged on the trip, so good for them. Nice. Congrats. So he took her to the mountains and engaged her. Yeah. So he told he tells me like the day before we're supposed to leave. He calls me up because a bunch of the family, you know, you know how they are. They're, hey, what is he going to do? It is it is this going down? What is, you know, all the little whispers. So people kind of yeah. got the feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, you know, he don't want to talk about it. Hey, right. leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind your business, right? So he uh, eventually so the night before we're leaving, he calls me. He's like, hey. It's going down. Going down like Charlie Brown. I said, oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he said, it's going down. And uh, he said, so I'm telling you, just in case I need some help, like, getting the loan, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to feel it out, you know. But I might, we need a code word or something so that if I say the code word, you know to, like, get everybody out of there or give me a second. What, what, are the, what, are they, what do you call it in, uh, in Top Gun? Uh, you're his wingman. That's right. Use his wingman. That's right. Yeah. But I didn't really have to do anything. So was the code word? Well, so he tells me I can't remember what he told me, but it was some weird word. That's what I was about to say. Dude, <laughs> <And> I said, <laughs> like nobody's gonna know. Yeah. Super califragilis. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> it was something wild. And I said, I, I said, I mean, we, I'm down having a code word or whatever. But I don't know if that one's gonna. Be. I said, are you gonna be able to casually work that in a conversation? I wish I could remember what it was. And he's like, green tomatoes. Yeah, he was like. Like, I don't know if you're anybody's hungry for fried green. <laughs> no, so I uh, I told him, I said, hey, instead of having a word, just have the su- – I said, me and Tara's anniversary is coming up soon. So just bring up the subject anyway, and I'll know. So you, hey, isn't y'all's anniversary coming up? Hey, how long y'all been married? What, what's well, – anything. Yeah. Just bring it up, and I'll know, which he didn't even end up doing. But he was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Which it's was, in the air because I have a secret I can't tell because oh, it hasn't happened yet. But somebody else is getting engaged that we know very soon. Who is it? Can't say. It was a secret. It was whispered <laughs> in my ear yesterday. It's all right. We don't need to know. It'll and, happen whenever. It'll, it'll happen. Uh, it'll, it'll. You'll know before we come back on Sunday. Oh, How about that? This is exciting. It actually is going to happen on the day that we release this. So oh. Thursday, you'll know. So they've got it planned. Oh, planned. He's, yeah. He's got it planned. I like it. Yeah. So. But yeah, so he was like, I just need a time to be alone with her, whatever. I'm sure we'll get a chance. We'll be up in the mountains. It'll be cool. 
And so the whole trip, he doesn't have a time. In fact, the one of the days, um, it was the next to last day. He was just with her all day, but her kid's there too. And then I think my dad was taking him up some trail or something. And so I was like, he's got to do it today for sure. Like, he's doing it. And I think at some point, like the day before, he goes, hey, tomorrow it's going down. It's going down. I said, all right. Sounds good. But then he didn't do it that day. Ah. And I was like, what's going on? And so at some point I mentioned to Tara on the trip because I was pretty sure it was happening the next day. And I thought she might. I thought I might need help getting other people out of the way. I was thinking we were going to go up some trail. And I, I was thinking I might need her to, like, get my sister away or something. Uh, so I did tell I said, hey, it's going down on this trip. I don't know when or where, but I'm telling you now. So if I give you a look and say, like, hey, maybe we should go down the road <laughs> or whatever, right, right, right. it won't be a weird thing, and you can just back me up. Like, She's no, like, babe, let's just stay here. Yeah, let's yeah. hang out with Ben. <laughs> no, I said let's go play at the park for a second. <laughs> You know, I was pushed me on the swings. <laughs> so I told, so I did tell her like the day before I thought it was happening. So, uh, but yeah, so we end up. It worked out pretty perfect though, because we were driving. We're in this little town called Uray. That's where my parents got this place, right? So that's where the main, that's like home base for this trip, right? It's just a small little town in the mountains. Lots of hiking. Lots of it's just a cool place. But there's a bunch of other small little towns all within thirty minutes an hour driving through the mountains you can go do stuff in those towns so we're driving to this other town called silverton and we were going to go walk around that town for the day but on the way there's a little camp and we're driving through the mountains on the million dollar highway if you mm. know what that is uh it's just a really scenic drive through the mountains so that must have been like where they done a lot of like gold mining and yeah stuff. all of that stuff it's all mining stuff they yeah. used to some of them still are operational but most of them it's all ghost mines yeah. which is actually where we're headed in this story so we're Driving to this other town, and on the way to the town, my dad goes, hey, there's a campsite that we're – there's a campground that we're passing up on the highway. And he said, hey, there's some old ghost mines back here. We'll, we'll check them out real quick. And he's in his Jeep because they got a Jeep now up there. Beep, and, beep, in my Jeep, Jeep. Uh, mm. uh. And uh, my the rest of my – half the fa- – it's me, Tara, Ben, and Haley, and my dad in the Jeep. And then my mom and everybody else is in their little Dodge – I don't remember what it's – Dodge Journey or whatever it is. <clears throat> Not a four-wheel drive car. And, you should have uh, took the Subaru, bro. I know, but we flew. Uh, Dude, everybody uh, has a Subaru Outback. I just called him out every, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I said, like, there's another one. Uh-huh. Both, both, Very he, popular up there. Both of his neighbors on each side have a Subaru Outback. Yep. Tell you what, man. Anyway, uh, so we're going. So he goes to this campsite. Too bad you have it in the flattest part of the world. I know. Houston. It's still nice, though. When it rains, it grips oh, the road good. Gripping. It's Gripping. good. Dude. All right. Anyway, go spots. So we're go driving through the campground. My mom's following. And nobody's got cell service, right? Because right. we're in the middle of the mountains. And so nobody can call and say what's going on. So Did she's just that? following. Did you see that? No. No. No, no, no ghost? Oh. <laughs> so we're driving through the town. Through the campsite, and at the very – there's one last little turn where the road gets kind of crazy. Somebody ran out in front of y'all, but nobody's seen it. No. It has no. nothing to do with ghosts. <laughs> so Dang we it. go into – we go down this little road in the Jeep to get to the actual buildings, but my mom stops because she can't take the car. She heard, turn around. <laughs> I, no. This is not for you. Turn around. <laughs> That's not what happened. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. She waits right there. Because she can't drive. She doesn't have four-wheel drive and stuff. Oh, man. Dude, you're out of control. <laughs> <laughs> out of control. <laughs> I have three cups of coffee coffee, and Yo, a soda. we sit down here. I walk in. He goes, three cups of coffee and a soda. Ready to go. <laughs> so, 
So he's he's feeling hey, I, it. I today. finally got up. Yeah, he said, I just have trouble waking up today. So at some uh, point you're gonna wake up and we're not gonna be able to put you down. <laughs> All right, so your mom's seen a ghost. So she waits at the end of the oh, road. I'm sorry, she waits at the end of the Because road. she can't she don't have four wheel drive. And it's just a little round the little corner, right? So we my dad takes us there and he says, Hey, y'all get out, I'm gonna go get them. Uh so I'll be right back. So me That's and, when y'all seen the ghost. There's no, no ghost no, involved no. in the story. So me and Tara You're trying to trick me. There's a ghost. There's no ghost, <laughs> dude. This story is not even worth finishing anymore. All right, it's no, taken no, no, okay. so sorry, long. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. It's gone on no, so no, long. No, 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 it's good. You're at the bottom of the hill. We're at the ghost town, which is just a few old buildings. No, you're not at the ghost town. You, there's no ghost. Oh my gosh. He gets in, he proposes that's the end of the story, y'all. <laughs> We were even talking about Ben. We're done with it. It's over. He proposed. Okay, she so said how'd yes. How'd it go? I, I can't. It's gone on so long with nothing interesting happening. I forgot about the Nobody story. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. It's all over. Sorry, Ben. I forgot we were even talking about you. He's engaged now. And we're excited. Look, we're clapping. That's the end of the story. He had a good time. And uh, we did it. Oh. And everybody's happy for him. <laughs> and we had a good trip. <laughs> Just... Oh man! And we got in at midnight last night, and my grandpa picked us up. From yeah, the he looked rough. He looked rough this morning. Yeah, dude, he was. He was he, sitting he was in the. Like, he was like this. He here you go. He's sitting in the car and he's asking us questions. He's like this. He said, "How was the trip? What happened?" He's like this as we're driving back to his house because he was squinting out of his good eye. He was just—he couldn't keep them both open. He's like, "Yeah, I'm glad y'all made it back safe," <laughs> which was good. I'm glad he was there. So this is kind of a special thing, though, really, right? I mean, all you guys, all the the whole family being up there at the same time. Yeah, um, you know. Y'all had a tragedy in your in your family when your your oldest brother had passed, yep. and then kind of some of the his house that he had in Austin, Austin. kind of helped your dad get this dream thing that he had, mm-hmm. and all you guys were down there. So yeah, it's kind so, of a special thing for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're excited to have a a place we can all go. Yeah, which is cool. And that's yeah. you know that's one of those places where uh, we took trips to periodically growing up. And my all my older relatives all did that growing up. So my whole family's been going to that area for decades. Hot springs. Yeah, sitting in the pool, all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so it was one of those places my dad, growing up, he would always like, you know, one of these days when I retire, I'm going to have a place up here. And now he's retired, and he has a place up that's there. That's awesome. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So that's kind of up in that same area that when we was talking to your grandfather, that he sent the, he sent your dad, like, with the milkman when he was young. to. Like, oh, yeah, the, yeah, that's that town. Yeah, yeah, I go, forgot about that story. Go rescue some parts or something. Oh yeah! Hey, my dad got in trouble with the law while we were up what? There. No, okay, yeah, you could have told me this. But I mean, it's I mean, not, like, come it's on. not that bad. I, I, I oversold it. Sorry, with the Ben, but this is way more interesting <laughs> I, than the other stuff. I oversold it. I'm mean, even more than ghost and everything. It's, come on, he didn't really get in trouble, but the cops did get pay him a visit. Oh, <laughs> okay. On the because we were up to Fourth of July, right? Uh-huh. And a few days after Fourth of July, so like July seventh or eighth or something. Where he's shooting fireworks in front of his house, and uh, it's a big no-no. Turns out, yeah, it's a big no-no. Oh, so Fourth of July, not only can you can't sell them no more, but you can't pop them anymore. Well, so if you're the city, they have this big thing. It's this massive event. People come from all over to check out the fireworks. It's a big deal, and so they shoot them, and they shoot them up on top of the mountain. Everybody's in the town. 
and it rings throughout the valley, so they goes. Oh, that's cool. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. So they can shoot them, but they don't let anybody else shoot them. So where did y'all get the fireworks from? He brought them. Oh. <laughs> he smuggled them across state lines. <laughs> that's like double felony. I don't know, I don't know if it's. <laughs> you can have them, I think. Just I not. Just not there. But anyway, so he's shooting. Roman candles and stuff with the little kids, he right? Have said, "Hey, was a ghost." <laughs> Some of them ghosts from the mines yeah, came down. Came down. I don't know. I don't know. He shot a few rockets, of, and then he started shooting artillery shots. Oh, see, that's what got him. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, ring him through the. But we stop at some point because he had a bunch more. And at some point, he stops. He goes, "Yeah, I think we should stop before the cops come." I, I don't because he too he, late. He like. He he wasn't totally sure if you could or not. He thought he knew in the past at some point you could, but he wasn't. He was a little iffy on it. So we shot some, and he said, "You know, we should probably stop." And so we stop, and then like 15 minutes later, a cop knocks on the door. He's like, "Hey, uh, you guys shooting fireworks? Was that uh, you guys?" Not so, anymore. <laughs> and so he had to. <laughs> Is it illegal? Nope. No it one was, does. It was funny because all the because kids they're small and they just think that my they think my dad's just this like rebel breaking the laws stuff because he's always kind of it's always getting in the mess he's always just doing a little pushing the line (laughs) but it's always stuff like shooting fireworks or something like that he's not like maybe we'll just rob a little bit of the bank he's not doing that kind of stuff no he's he's like making wakes in a no wake zone yeah it's that kind of stuff stuff. and so they just think he's just an outlaw right and so the whole time we're he's i'm gonna get your dad some leather i know (laughs) can you imagine him some leather chaps and like he needs some tassels hanging off and stuff hey we need to get your dad on here do yeah, what you gotta on. do. Come do on, it. Pop. I'll bring him. Do whatever you gotta do. He's in Colorado still right now, but um, whenever he comes back, we need to get him here because he's got a great story about him getting drunk. Oh yeah. Have you ever heard that story? I don't think he would ever tell me that story. Oh man. I don't think he would tell it on here. Oh man, it's pretty good. <laughs> you tell me that story. This few is weeks so ago. great because my mom will hear this three months from now, and, <laughs> and then she'll bring it up and be oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm not. That's all I'm gonna say. We got to get on because your dad's got an interesting life. He don't. Yeah. He doesn't think so. Yeah, of course. but he's done a lot, you know, he and has. he's been a lot of places, and yeah. he's been a pilot, and you know, school teacher. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. worship. I mean, just a lot. So I think he's been a lot of places. Yeah. So uh, he's got a lot of stories. I, have, you know, I have like nephews and nieces and stuff that's been through his program at school. And yeah. You know, they've heard all the stories. You know, he tells them stories. Of, oh yeah, of different things. story time with Stacy. Yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah, so yeah, we got to we got to get him in here. Got to get him here. All right, well, let's jump right into culture mm. corner. Mm. All right, we'll have him freestyle. That would be good. Tell me right. Up, you know, you don't have to do a sixteen, maybe an eight. You know, just a, you know, half he can start version. with four. Four. Have him sing the hook. Oh yeah! <laughs> I mean, he's been known to write a song or two. Yeah, I don't know if he ever just kind of jumped over into the hip hop, you know, sector of oh. things. No, no. But yeah, you know, you, you yeah, know, it might you might do something. Him sing the hook. Yeah, some song. <laughs> Am I telling the story? Am I yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. here it he's is. Got a ghost Let's in pull it? it up. There's no ghost. <laughs> Hey, what? You do have that ADD. You? You, you get one thing in your head. <laughs> it is what it is, bro. Here it is. We've been doing this long enough. You should know. I do. <laughs> University janitor turns off loud. I know he's freezer. seen ghosts before. <laughs> Janitors seen every ghost in every building. 
And there's not a story that a janitor hasn't seen a ghost. Yeah. Have you ever uh, been in a school at night? Uh, All yes. the ghosts come out. All I, the ghosts come I out. I haven't seen a ghost, but I have been in the school. You weren't a janitor, though, was you? That's true. That's true. Do they just <laughs> expose themselves to janitors? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I just said that wrong. Here's the headline. University janitor turns off lab freezer to silence, quote, annoying alarms, causing a million dollars of damage and destroying 25 years of research. Got to know better. So the janitor is in there trying to janitor, and uh, here's a beep, beep, beep. You know, beep, beep. You know says, it's pipes. Hey, janitor. <laughs> it's probably ghost driving him crazy, and he thought it was the fan going out on the refrigerator. Well, that's actually literally what he thought. So there's a freezer in, uh, let me get my mouse over here. Here we go. See, I told you, it always goes back to the ghost. So they've got, so they're really vague about what they were actually studying. Yeah, you imagine that. They probably had human heads in there. It didn't, well, it was some kind of cells that were like old. So, so university has filed a lawsuit against a cleaning service after one of its employees destroyed over 20 years of research by turning off a freezer that was making annoying alarm sounds. So they kind of they kind of phrase it um, unfairly in this thing, but it sounds better on the headline. So apparently, so also you read through here, and it's just kind of being like, yeah, you know, we had a bunch of stuff going on, and then it it gets down here and it says the suit also acknowledges that Harrington is a person potentially with special groundbreaking needs. work, bro. That's super important. Yeah, so they talk it all up, but they don't say anything, and then they say the suit acknowledges that Harrington is a person with special needs. So it's some person who's like autistic or something that's cleaning just their like stuff. The, the beep's got to go. Yeah. I don't care what. <laughs> 25, 35, 10. 25, 25. But yeah, so it's kind of unfair there. They're like, yeah, we know he's got a special needs, but. So, but anyway, so they've got all these cells. Again, they're really vague, so it, it doesn't really tell. But it's high-level research, mm. groundbreaking work. Cogwell whatever. Laboratory. I wonder what they do. But they've got all these cells that are super old from, you know, 20, 25 years ago, like it said. And uh, they have to be kept at minus 80 degrees Celsius, which is minus 112 Fahrenheit. Um, And so the alarm says down here uh, is – where is it? So the freezer is equipped for an alarm that would sound when its internal temperature increases to minus 78 degrees or decreases to minus 82 degrees, um, which is what happened. Is what it says. The freezer's temperatures rose to seventy minus seventy eight degrees. The alarm went off, and uh, the people began taking action immediately to address the cause and protect all the cell structures and samples and research. So they schedule somebody to come out to fix the thing, right? But it says due to COVID nineteen restrictions, it took like it was months before they could come out, and so. Uh, it says they put a sign on the freezer. It says, this freezer is beeping as it is under repair. Please do not move or unplug it. No cleaning required in this area. You can press the alarm test mute button for five seconds if you would like to mute the sound. Nope, not good enough. Not good enough, dude. Nope. It says four days before the repair technician could be oh. sent out. So they almost made it. Oh. Harrington heard the alarms and worried that something had gone wrong with the freezer. In his deposition, Harrington said he looked at the electrical box and checked a guide for the breakers, believing that the breakers to the freezer had been turned off. So he goes and checks the breaker box, thinks it's off, and he flips the breakers. But the breakers were on, and so then he turns them off because mm. he thinks he's turning them on. Simple mistake. It says he's got special needs. Come on. 
Like, give him a break. They probably sued him for everything he had. Yeah. He says, I knew how important the breakers were because uh, his father works in plant utilities at another college. So he turned them back on to make sure he was helping to safeguard the equipment. Exactly. So he, Unfortunately. He yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, though, he misread the breaker guide and actually switched the breakers to the off position. Poor, wah, poor wah, dude. Wah. And, uh, yeah, I so he, he, he probably had ADD. I don't think that was the special needs. No? I think he's a little more special than you, you know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty special. <laughs> but anyway, so he turns it off and he says they go in the next day and the, the cooler, instead of being at minus 80, is at minus 25.6 degrees. And uh, they tried to save it, but it was mostly unsalvageable for 20 years of research. So You know what, man? The props out. to the university for hiring these guys, you know? Because, <gasps> no, no, I'm saying Yeah, props ser- because it seemed like they uh, no, destroyed 20 years of like, research. I think it's also when, these, when companies hire uh, special needs because um, a lot of times those guys get passed over. Yeah. But on stuff like that, you should just... You should, you know, if you know they're going to be working the area, just walk over there and, and do a little bit of training. Well, so that's of, the lawsuit. I skipped over some of the um, paragraphs, but that's the lawsuit that he wasn't properly trained. Right. And they had the notes and everything, and then it still happened. Yeah. So that's their lawsuit for a million dollars. Groundbreaking. So research. who's who's uh, who's suing who? The university is suing the cleaning service for uh, not properly training the employee. Oh, uh, got it. And causing damages up to a million dollars in damage. That's my lawyer talk, by the way. Probably need to get rid of whatever that is on the screen. Oh, it's not no, on the screen. I took it off. I can't see okay, it. Good. What is it? Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll scroll doesn't look, up. Doesn't look too Christian. No. In fact, I'll pull up the next thing here. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and get into this song. We got a song for you. is Holvey and Forrest Frank Alter. Let me get it over here. And... And All I can say is holy. Can't get this off my lips. You love me with devotion. You don't kid me when I trip. Yeah, I need a sip from the river. Just wanna get what you give me. Unlimited vision and see through the counterfeit. I want the realest. Where he come from, you can't get there with a PJ. It's so full inside this house, I feel like DJ. I can't fight it, let your light come shine on me. Ain't no hiding, I'm confiding in your peace. Carrying buckets of shame. Father, I'm saying your name, but so far from it. Come see the blood in my veins. For me, he bleeding the same. Take this covenant. This is the greatest exchange. At his altar, there's a flame that burns your rubbish. Gave me a cup full of rain. He poured it over every stain until he coming. This is life for death. I ain't making music just for fun. Glory to your name, Father. I pray that your kingdom come. And when Satan's on my heels, I pray it's Nike with the run. Make my heart be more like Hezekiah. Say it and it's done. Uh. 
How 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 dare you, Hovey? Oh yeah. How dare you have two white rappers in one song? Oh my gosh! You don't you, like that? Forrest Frank? Are you kidding me? That's another white dude. I'm just like, wait for the black rapper to come in, and then you you trick me with a, two white rappers in one song. Not uh, not not into it. Not yeah, not into it. You know. Uh, you need a little not more color acceptable. In your life. Okay. Not acceptable. All right. Uh, yeah, I do. I love black people, and I think they're they're you know uh, they need to be in every rap song. <laughs> All right. I'm not even playing. <laughs> what if it's an Eminem song and it's just him? Not That's okay. fine. That's fine. Is but if you're gonna have a feature, ah, it better be a black guy. Yeah, it better at least be one black guy. I mean, they they put the the black guys in there to act like that's enough. Is that what's going on? It's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that they have, you know, an, enough of culture in the song. Yeah, you know, but no. Okay, this guy used to run a label here, so he knows. I don't know, but I'm just feeling like. I mean, Hovey's good. I like Hovey and no. everything, but okay. it's fine. Then. No, it's not fine. I just feel like there should be more diversity in rap music. I mean, we stopped on it. There's a black guy on the screen, right? Now. But that's the problem, though. He's not in the song. He's just acting. He's worshiping God, dude. I know. He's at the altar. It's just an actor, though. All right. How do you know that's real? It's probably they not They rented real. some church. I don't think any of this is real. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Is, is God even real in this whole song? I don't know, man. I'm getting canceled. Yep. Cancel. You should cancel him, folks. Cancel don't cancel me. Don't cancel me. I love people, man, and everybody knows that I love all people, uh, and mostly black people. I thought you liked Latino women most. I, women, yeah, women. Oh, nice. But I love the black culture. That's yeah, 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 That's yeah. where I land. Uh-huh. You know, that's where I've always landed. I've been, I landed in the black culture ever since I was like. Let's just put you on your own screen here and uh, let you just like talk about how much you love. 7th grade? Yeah. 6th grade? Uh-huh. I, I mean, I just, I fell in love with rap music and the black culture and that's where I lived in the community and, and I, so I just like, yeah. I'm the, I was the whitest dude there, Always. you know? I was, I was the dude in the black community that couldn't even get a tan. That's white. That's white. That's Red weird. hair. Yeah, you were the ginger kid. In the I was. Movie. Come on, bro. Everybody knew me. Uh-huh. I was known as the crazy white boy. Yeah, ooh, nice. I was. I was a star football player. Not the star. Okay, yeah, let's just yeah. back <laughs> up. Let's, let's just back up come a little on. bit. I, I was a star football player at a black school. And my dad, I would want to pull my socks up like everybody else because I wanted to be like everybody else, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And my dad said, you got to keep your socks down so that's how he could tell who I was on the football field because of the white legs. I was like, come on, Dad. You couldn't tell that I was the last one in line while we were running? <laughs> the slowest one on the field? Wait, what's the thing with the socks? Is the that a socks, thing that I don't know about? No, you pull your socks up, you can't tell what color the legs are, uh-huh. right? But if you keep the socks down, he can tell I was the white legs. Ah, I get it. Because I was the only white dude. Yeah. So, 
He couldn't, a, you couldn't just tell him your number. That's what I thought. <laughs> Maybe he had dyslexia and thought I was 18 instead of 81. Yeah, I'm 80. Uh, you know, whatever, Dad, I'm both. You know? I'm 18 <laughs> Maybe that's where I got my dyslexia from. I tell you, man, you got to stick to one cup of coffee. I think that's yeah, it for you. that's it. And a Diet Coke if you really need it. Zero. Zero. Oh, I thought you were a diet guy. I was, but see, my family went Coke Zero. Right, okay. so we were buying two different drinks, and it was just much easier if we just went. Here's the question, because I don't, I really don't understand. Because there's the whole point of the diet coke or the diet anything uh-huh. is they use an artificial sweetener, yeah, which probably so gives you cancer, whatever. So there's no sugar, uh-huh. but Coke Zero is Coke Zero sugar, yeah, but it tastes it's Coke, so it tastes like. A regular Coke. I know they taste a little different, but what, like, what are we doing? Because Diet Coke already did that. Yeah, but Diet Coke has like less sugar taste to it. Coke Zero tastes more like a regular Coke, but with no sugar. So, do they just use a different artificial sweetener? Call one Diet Coke and the other one Coke Zero. Probably less of the sweetener. Nah. No. Nah. No way. They're using a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they're using a lot I'm saying Coke Zero probably has less sweetener than Coke Diet Coke probably has less sweetener than Coke Zero Okay I don't, I'm a, I don't know So it's just easier for me But Instead you get what of, I'm saying though The yeah, question yeah. is like They're both artificial sweetener yeah. They're both zero I sugar I think more people that wanted the Coke taste Go to Coke Zero Okay Instead of the diet taste. Because Diet Coke doesn't taste like Coke at all. Not at all. It's totally different. Not at all. Right. So instead of having two 12-packs of a Diet Coke and a Coke Zero in the refrigerator, I yeah. just switched. Uh-huh. That way that it's easier for the family and more room in the refrigerator. You're a family man. I'm, I'm more about efficiency. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like efficiency yeah. is... Uh, so I wasn't quite lined up. Right, so I was like... Get in there then. Make sure you get in there. Right, I'm good. We want then. everybody to see you. I'm good. Tell them. Show them how good you are. Hey, was it what I do earlier? I don't remember. It was eyebrows. <laughs> I'm going to have plenty of, thumb, <laughs> plenty of thumbnails. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get all the f- thumbnails from this video. Yeah. For the next two all months. All of them. Yeah. yeah. I got something <clears throat> very interesting I want to talk about. And I think this is kind of leading uh, our culture. A recent survey conducted by an online casino, online casino Playstars, never okay. heard of them, had shed some light on some truth of some habits of different generations, okay? Okay. Revealing millennials, that's if you was born between 1981 and 1996. Oh, that's me. 94. Hold it down. Wah, wah, wah. Are the biggest liars. Ah! Oh, that's not me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's not oh, me. Oh, man. In uh, the workplace <laughs> and on social media. Ah, okay. Okay, so millennials are 81 to 96? 81 to 96. And then the next one's Z? Uh, Z is 97 through 2021. Okay, and, so millennials and Z, pretty right. much. And then... Um, X, which is me, sixty-five to eighty. Um, we 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 tend to have more integrity. What's just, the just letting, you, just letting you know? Okay, a little bit more integrity, you know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't even need it. I'll just tell you I got it. Apparently, 
I got all the integrity. So. I mean, according to the you know the casino paper here. So it's a casino. So they did a survey because I don't think they got the most integrity and are necessarily the most <laughs> well, honest. It was, just a sur- it was a survey. Okay, it was a survey. Yeah, you know. we're taking casinos. So survey. it says the survey uh, had almost two thousand people in it, Maybe. and millennials were the worst offenders when it came to lying. At thirteen percent of them admitted to being dishonest at least once a day. Wow, that is a lot. But this is this is what I don't understand. How do we know they're they're yeah. not lying? <laughs> and how do we know the other ones? They say I'm never designed. Uh, yeah, like this is a bunch of liars. This whole thing is about lying, and we don't even know the casinos using the honor system here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Gen Z uh, seem to have more integrity, with only five percent of them saying that they lie at least once a day. Okay. Right? Uh, so, uh, millennials, nearly one-third of them have fabricated on their resumes at some point in their career. Okay. Have you ever done that? I don't think so. No? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Nearly one-third of them have fabricated their... And then also, um, two out of five had confessed of lying to their bosses to avoid embarrassment in the workplace. Nice. So... And then uh, social media platforms, they basically say, you know, like all of them are lying yeah. uh, across their social media. Yeah, and 20% of Gen Z responded admitting to lying on social media to impress others. Um, so the, the, the survey reveals that 10% of men are more likely to lie, to lie on social media than women. Um, no way. That's what this... The, really? The, yeah. Okay. Um, and, but I the, guess it depends on what you consider lying. Like 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 gray areas or lying. Like is using a crazy filter with the crazy lighting and using then, the right then, pants that squeeze you uh, just right mm, and saying that all the women would be lying. Yeah, is that lying? I gotta admit, you know, some of the filters <laughs> make you come take away some of your spots and I mean, stuff. I mean, you know. They clean you up a little bit. And you look better as a kitty I cat mean, or yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> With a little rainbow on your face. <laughs> also, you could make the case because I feel like I've heard a bunch of stats that say, like most people lie, like multi, like numerous times a day. So you could make the case that the millennials are actually the most honest because they're the ones saying that they lie the most. I mean, you could. You could. I mean, unless they're lying. But I think, anyway, go ahead. Finish your stats here. Uh, so 58% uh, of the people, um, they lied to avoid, um, you know, personal embarrassment. Is what it really comes down to, 58% of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of those things that uh, it really kind of is like carving out the current culture of today. Like people can't handle failure in their life yeah you know uh, and you see that in uh lying on the resumes you see it lying about you know how great their their life is on social media you see that about um their their political re- uh, uh views on social media that rather than what you see them you talk to them in, in their normal life or whatever sure um and i think that there's there's um 
I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about why people can't stand on their own beliefs, on their own? Why they why they feel like they have to have a, um, you know, like a, you know, whatever it is. A uh, what? You, what? What it is? It a, a, a something. Something out there that is really not them. I think it's just all the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. Yeah. You know, they see somebody else doing good. A, a lot of it comes from their own insecurities. You know, like, I'm okay if you're secure with whatever you're doing. I'm not so worried that so-and-so has more money than me or looks like they have, a, I don't know, a better car or whatever. Because I know that I'm on this path and I'm secure with this path. I know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it just all comes from insecurities and... So what what where, where are these insecurities coming from? If if the survey is true, why do we think that the current generation, the millennial generation, not the current, I guess the current adults that are coming up right now are mm-hmm. so worried about what the other people are doing in their neighborhood? And I see this. I mean, I see right. You know, just because of the the business I am, I get to go to people's backyards and I get to see their stuff, and and it's the it's the 25 to 35 year olds right now yeah um plant workers mm. that are maxed out yeah you know and they got the boat and the trucks and the cars oh, and yeah, all the yeah. the greatest pool I, and you know i mean of course you know they're probably making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year but you know they're maxed out on their credit they're living a four hundred thousand dollars yeah life. and what do we why do we think that we have to do that i think a lot of that comes from okay so who are their parents because most people, in some way, to some degree, are trying to please their parents, right? Yeah. And the stuff that their parents value, get a good job, make, get a good house, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure from the, the, the family. So I think a lot of those people are just trying to get some job. So you can tell mommy and daddy, look, I'm doing it. Everything's good. Yeah. You can love me and be proud of me. I'm not my friend so-and-so that dropped out of college and right, did whatever. Right. That's I think, good. That's I think you point. get a lot of that. Because you get, like, if you have, like, some more liberal hippie parents, they're, they don't have near as much pressure on their kids to get a good job and, you know, all that kind of typical stuff you think of. They're, you know, go be happy. They, right. They're almost, like, happy if their kid is kind of broke but living some artistic lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? I yeah, think yeah. a lot of it comes from the parents and the pressures, whether it's just perceived pressures or actual the parents putting it on them. I think a lot of it's that. Yeah. I, I was talking to this lady the other day, and she was t- telling me about all the different, like, uh, community uh, events that she was on staff for or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, are you – all you're worried about is, like, people knowing who you are yeah. and what you do and all those different things. And it's like life has to be, like, so exhausting for you because you're worried about being on whatever committee that you need to be on mm-hmm. so people see – who you are in life. Yeah, sure. And um, I don't know where we're going to come out on the other end. Like, where where is this going to, like, where, what's the dead end look like? You know what I mean? Where Where is the culture going to crash and burn? Because you can't continue to live up to that, you know? Yeah. Or are you going to get to a place where um, – the government's going to have to take over to tell you what you have to do and what you can do because of, we found out that we can't do it on our own, you know? And I think that, 
I don't want to start it on the government. I know, and I don't. I don't want to go there because you know we tried to really keep that out of here, and, and I'm not smart enough to to know all these different things, anyways. Um, but I think that the. Hmm. James, say your stuff. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I, I, I want this to be able to us to go back and forth, and I don't want <laughs> when we when we talk about capitalism and yeah. socialism and and, and stuff. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Tell me about. <laughs> uh, I think that. It's in the best interest of different people mm-hmm. for us not to be able to handle our own affairs, mm. you know. And when we when we're in that place, people of power are going to swoop in and like, okay, you can't handle it yourself, you know. I'll take care of it for you. Don't I'll worry take about care it. for you. And that's why we have, you know, there's so many uh, welfare programs and different things like that because. You know, if if you can't if you can't live your life without me giving you handouts, mm-hmm. you know, there's power in that, right? Yeah. Um, not only is there power of me, like, oh yeah, I have to like support James every, James every month, mm-hmm. but there's also power in it where like James can't do it without me. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to have what I want. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like the it's like the cartel in Mexico. Yeah. You know, they go into these little villages and and communities and. And and they're paying for everybody's weddings, and, and they're building roads for them. And then when the government comes in, they're like, hey, man, we need to know, has that cartel guy came through here? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we don't, who, who are you talking about? Yeah. You know? Uh, well, we know he's been through here. Look at the roads. Look at, I mean, yeah, yeah. this village is nice, nicer than the biggest cities in, you know, in, in Mexico. Um, so you kind of have that whole thing where now you have my vote because I – Give you the handouts, right? Sure. Um, man, this is getting way too political. Um, I love it, man. But I don't even know how I was tying that into what. what I don't know. Is. I'd love to see you do it, though. <sighs> You're leaving me out on this. Uh, I know. This I'm silent. But, you know, the millennials are liars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, like, at some point, like, where these guys have put themselves out there where they feel like. They can't be who they really are. Sure, you yeah. know, and 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 biblically, we we have to look at ourselves through the the lens of who God sees us as, not who the world sees us as. But if we're constantly looking at us through the lens of the world, then we're never going to have that that self. Um, Self-worth? Self, yeah, self-worth of who we really are. Um, you know, the Bible talks about we, we're fighting this unseen battle. It's not, it, it, I think it talks about it in Second Corinthians. It's not about the things that we're fighting here on, on earth. It's about the, the spiritual battles that we're fighting. And we don't see, we don't recognize so many times that it is spiritual. We're just fighting battles a lot of times and and we're just trying to stay on top and we're trying to do the best that we can do and we're still being knocked down and what we don't realize at the end of the day like the enemy's trying to keep you from being someone some person some person some um someone that excels in life um through the 
the blessings of God, right? Uh, all we see is uh, we're failures, we're not living up to what a, whatever standard it is in life, you know, whatever the Joneses are doing or whatever the, you know, because when you're little, your parents tell you you're, you're going to be great at whatever you're going to do, yeah, yeah. you know, and then you get to that point in life where you're like, I'm not great at anything, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm good at video games, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, or whatever, and, you know, and I, and I think it's a, a good to encourage, like, my, my kids love playing video games, and and they'll come and talk to me about, hey, you know, Dad, about this and this about mm-hmm. video game. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you know, but you want to encourage them because that's what they enjoy. But at the same time, it's just a video game, you know. Um, how is that really going to help you excel in life, you know? I mean, me and my siblings, some of our <clears throat> best bonding times was from playing video games together, trying to get beat that level together, trying right. to beat that boss together. Or whatever. That would be some of the times we'd actually spend the most time right. together, working together, and all yeah, that. you know. And and Luke and his friends are the same way. You know, yeah. they uh, they hang out on video games. They hang out on the computer, even when they're not playing video video games. And I guess it's it's no different than it was when I was on the phone, yeah, talking to my buddies or whatever. And I guess I didn't do that a whole lot unless she was fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, your buddies. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm not my buddies, but um, <laughs> but they have these like social chat rooms and stuff that they they hang out in and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess some of that technology is cool for them to be able to do that. But I think that self worth comes from failure sometimes. Sure. And then if you don't allow yourself to fail, if you don't allow yourself to be able to be wrong and, and um, you know, they always say, you know, uh, learn from your mistakes, you know. But if you're not allowing yourself to admit to a mistake, you lie to your boss, you lie to your parents, you lie to your pastor. Um, and not admitting to, admitting to some of those mistakes in your life, then you're not learning from them because you're allowing the lie, the lie to be the truth of your life. Mm-hmm. And then so you, before you know it, you're finding yourself living a lie. a lie and not even recognizing who you really are because you're trying to live through um, not being a failure. Yeah. Instead of letting failures you know, help you grow to be the person you are. My biggest failures have becoming, uh, you know, platforms for my biggest growth. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, when I was locked up, uh, I had time to sit down and study the Bible. I had time for reflection. I had time to, you know, put weight on from a hard life of partying too hard and, yeah. and, 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 uh, allowing my body to heal and my mind and spirit, all those things. So being able to, to rebound from stuff like that, um, if we have people, especially parents, even parents in in our lives are like not letting kids, um, you know, you, you go to school and they're getting in trouble. Not my kid. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah your kid. Yeah. You know, he he's in trouble. Well, no, it's y'all's fault. Mm-hmm. Well, like at some point in your life, we have to be able to to stand behind everything that we do, yeah. good, bad, and ugly, and we have to be able to self reflect. Like that's one of the biggest things that I think that. Um, has uh, really helped me grow is self-reflection, mm. you know? And if I, if I haven't looked into my life, I mean, every time Sandra and I get in the, in the argument, you know, I'm just like, okay, where, even when I think that I'm right, or even when I know that I'm right, mm. 
Like, what can I learn from those things? You know, and I go back and I look at it and I'll come to her and I will just like, you know, I stand by what I said, but I think I could have said it better, mm-hmm. you know, because even if you're right, you communicate it wrong. Um, you don't always get it right. Yeah. You and know? sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. And sometimes you are wrong. And that's one of those things that you, if you don't self-reflect and you're like, okay, like where, where is the other side in this? If you never look at the other side, then how do you know that you're going to be wrong or right? Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I'll go to her and I'm just like, man, I was totally wrong on this, you know, yeah. or I could have, I could have explained it better or I couldn't have got heated as fast because I was really passionate about that. And I think that when you have passionate people um, or, or you're passionate about something, um, you really have to be careful because you, you allow your emotions and your passions mm-hmm. uh, to drive you, which is really good because yeah. it helps creativity, it, it helps focus and all those things. Mm-hmm. But it also, it puts you in a place where nobody can tell you anything yeah. also. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have, you have we have to allow um, room for mentorship in our life. Uh, and then once passion and drive and some of those things fill the whole the whole thing, you don't allow uh, for correction and different things that are, uh, in your life to be able to to help you in those areas. You know, you, you know, if you're a guitar player, sometimes you need a teacher. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, no, I'm the best already, and you know, you can you're still playing three chords you've always played. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe you can have some room for correction or teaching and different things in your life. So. Um, and I think that's what, you know, when, when we get caught up in, in deception, mm-hmm. you know, it allows areas in our life for the enemy to come in and continue to use deception. And I think that we're seeing that um, in our young people. Uh, just this past school year, we had this young, young girl in junior high that um, she was having a hard time in school. She was having a hard time with her, 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 her studies. She was having a hard time with um, other people, your bullies and different things like that. And uh, she felt like that she didn't fit in. She felt like that um, she was in a place where nobody loved her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before you know it, you know, um, she went home after school and took her life, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that when we get into those places in life where we don't allow um, people in that it only allows that the enemy to be able to, to speak to us, yeah. you know, and uh, the deception to come into our lives and the, the deception to really uh, ruin the things that God has, you know, uh, set up for us, uh, you know, and you talk to people and God has, has set a plan for us in our life. You know, a perfect plan. Mm. And then we're the only ones that ruin that, right? Yeah. I um, mean, he set this plan up and the decisions that we make, you know, we might not, we, we might take the detours, you yeah. know. I'll, I had to preach this message one time, and I know it's kind of off the subject. Uh, it was called, I was riding down the, the beltway, and it said, last free exit. Mm. So if you don't take this at this exit, the next one's going to cost you something. You got to pay. Right, oh, that's a good message. I like so, that. either you you do what God has called you to do, and and you take the exits when you're supposed to take the exits, or you stay on the highway when you're supposed to stay on the highway. If you don't, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. And um, we got to make sure that we're not we're not spending the bucks that we were supposed to be saving. 
mm-hmm. you know, in our life or, you know, monies, real monies, whatever it may be, um, because God has, has given us stuff in our life that we need to hold on to so we know, uh, so we have the wisdom and the understanding to, to navigate this world that has so many shiny things and bright things and stuff that uh, attracts us, you know, it's like the 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 lure in the water for the fish you know it's got something that's attracting the fish and before you know it we're on the hook for something that we shouldn't be on the hook for mm. right because god has given us um he's given us everything that we need but we're attracted by the shiny stuff you know yeah. before you know it, we're hooked up and we, we're not in control of our lives anymore and we're being pulled along and pushed along and in chains and different things like that so i think that it's important um that we stay true to ourselves more than anything, yeah. you know? And I think that we have to hear what our, our, our parents are saying. Um, but you know, there's, there's stuff that, um, you know, just talking about, just talking about your dad earlier, like your dad, um, he felt like he wanted to be, you know, a choir teacher, but your, your grandfather had a different, you know, he, your grandfather wanted him to be a, an engineer, an engineer. And then he yeah. went on that path for a while. Then he decided, man, like, this is not me, yeah. you know. This is this is my father's uh, desire for him, and you know, we, we and we want our kids to do what we think is good. We we think okay, an engineer degree is, is good, and it might make a bunch of money, and might have all those. But if you're miserable through it, yeah. then what is it to have a bunch of money and be miserable? Like yeah. that's that's not good either, you know. So we really have to balance out like who we are, and and as parents, like let's not live your dreams to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's raise young people and young kids, and, and uh, give them knowledge and understanding. That's why you know, just like last night, Sander was saying, just like you know, um, you always want the the kids to go with, with us, or or somehow the conversation. I want my kids to see more than their neighborhood. Mm. Right, so if we go to the Dominican, I want I want to bring my kids so they can see that. If I if I go to Africa, I want to bring my kids so they know like different parts of the world and what other people are living in, and and more than just the the neighborhood of what them and their friends. You know, I, I, my kids are very blessed to to be able to to be raised. Well, especially Luke and and and, uh, and uh, Noah to be able to be blessed to be raised by us now, you know? And I was just thinking the other day when we're leaving, like, you know, Noah's, Luke's friends pull in, he's like, like driving a Lexus and stuff. Like, that's not the real world everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm like, where's the struggle in your life? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he, struggle for Luke is like he broke his elbow at church camp. You yeah. know, that's not real life struggle, you know? And so if, 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 if you're not getting that type of struggle at home, you need to. We need to show them what struggle looks like. You need to take them. I so said, I'm gonna take you where I grew up and just drop you off at night, and hope, hopefully you get home. And you know, and just like we have to find reality. These are the pages from David's parents. <laughs> I mean, maybe that. I, mean, I, mean, I don't care if your elbow's broken. That <laughs> ain't real. Let me take you to the hood, son, <laughs> and show you about pain. My mom gets so mad when I tell her, you know, I talk about the hood, growing up in the hood. That's not the hood. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best I could do. Yeah, for you know how hard it worked to get that house? You know how hard it was to get that house in the hood? <laughs> she gets so upset. I bet she does. Um, 
But, I mean, living through realities. You know, we have to be able to live through reality. Yeah. Not, and, and we have these reality television. You know, and there's nothing true about it. There's nothing, you know, growing up, you know, being in, you know, the street culture and, and stuff like that, you know, we was always, we got to be one, one, you know, we got to be truthful and true to ourselves. And really, everything that we was being 100 about was fake. Yeah. You know, and that's how the enemy lies to us. We're, we're, we're trying so hard to be so real about the so stuff that doesn't mean anything that is so not real. Yeah. And we get up in this this tower of of trying to live um a lifestyle through somebody else's life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like street gangs, what is it really about these days? Like there's really nothing about street gangs that should like this happened because street gangs happen because like you know, we're protecting our neighborhoods from outside sources that really are trying to hurt our kids and different things like that. Black Panthers and stuff like that set up these things to protect their neighborhoods. But somehow it came into like, now we're going to have like territory uh, wars over drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and, but we're going to be real with one another. And now we got street gangs that are, don't even know why they're, they're fighting each other because they wear red and they wear blue. But now, for a couple of generations, that's all we know is why we're fighting each other rather than remembering back to when we were doing it to protect our neighborhood and protect our kids and and being a good thing. Now here we are generations so far away from it that we're, we all we know is like that, that color over there killed my cousin, mm. you know, and it's just generations of generations of, uh, being lied to and uh, and deceitful uh, whispers in our ear from the enemy, and now we have cultures of kids killing kids, and and all of these things, and and generations of of um, kids wearing black just because they want to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to be depressed? Because it's the cool thing to do, mm-hmm. right? I don't fit in, so why don't I'll just be depressed about it? You know, and then you have the whole culture of of those people trying to do um, trying to do those things. So I don't know. I just know that when we begin to lie to ourselves um, and not truthful to ourselves, it's just like anything. I remember telling this this story. And I'm not going to tell it because I don't want people to hold me accountable for it. But I used to tell a story, and the story where I told it, where the story ended up was so way off from the way the story really happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know about that. But when I told the story to my homeboy, I wanted it to sound... Sound one way. Way cooler than when it happened, you know, Uh because I wanted to have the street cred. And then when I, you know, then I... And I'm just going to admit to this, man. And I I told it in in the church... Well, I wanted it to sound way cooler than it was in my testimony. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then before you know it, this story is so far from the way it originally happened, but yeah. over life that happens into our life. And then we, we, we tell stories and and I and you know, the other day Noah's getting real into fishing, you know? Oh, yeah. And he's like going to fishing and then, you know, 
he's telling me these stories about these big catfish and stuff that he's catching. And I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. And then I go over my, you know, to my dad, and he was just like, yeah, we caught a bunch of little catfish. You know yeah, what I'm saying? a bunch of little catfish. <laughs> but they're to know, when they're just like, they were this big, yeah. you know, and every time he's telling the story, like, they keep getting bigger. I mean, like, would y'all go shark fishing? No, they were just catfish. I'm like, catfish don't get that big. <laughs> Not in this pond. Um, but it's just that, you know, once you tell the lie, it's easier to tell the next lie. Yeah. You know? And then the lie becomes reality. Mm-hmm. And that's how, where my story was. Yeah. Because my story was reality to be at that point because I told the story and they kept getting bigger and bigger. Well, when I was telling the story, I was telling the story off of the last story. Yeah. You know what I mean? You pushed that story a little bit. A little bit and a little bit and a little bit until now if you if you go back to the original story, it's way off. Yeah. It's like um if you head to North Pole from right here, right, and you're one degree off mm. and you're headed towards the North Pole. One degree. Time you get to the North Pole, you're gonna be hundreds you're not of getting miles. To the North Pole. Yeah, you're gonna be hundreds of miles away. Uh-huh. And I think that we have to be able to re recalibrate our lives recalibrate the things that we say about ourselves recalibrate the people that we're hanging out with recalibrate our our relationships with people and our relationships with god and uh recalibrate what's true in life like are we especially when we talk about god are we just talking about um what the preacher said or are we talking about what was truth when you read the bible mm-hmm. you know what i mean because at the end of the day, preachers are just preachers. We're not we're not coming up with anything new. Yeah. We're trying to come up with a new way to present it to you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, you have to find your own truth. And and that's when you find your own truth, that's like calibrating your truth. You know, uh, what the God what God has given you to be truth in your life. Um, because if I tell you go read you know First Corinthians two and seventeen. I'm going to read it one way, but you might come out with something totally different because of what you're going through in your life mm. and how it, what it means to you in your life and what God is revealing to you. And I think that um, when we look at our lives through um, through lies and, and, and deception and those type of things, uh, the truth of God it seems something different because you're seeing yourself as one way instead of the way that God sees you. So I don't know. Um, It just really just, when I, when I read this story, I just, it it broke my heart because that we, we have these young people that are really you guys, you know, that y'all are are our current leaders and y'all the ones that are stepping up in leadership positions. If it's the, you know, uh, if it's in church or if it's in, uh, you know, I see Micah, he stepped up and he's, you know, heading up the announcements or whatever it may be. You know, you guys are the ones that are going to be leading the church. You guys are going to be the ones that's going to be leading your community. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll have some people in the church that'll step up and, and lead politics. Um, but if you don't feel good about who you are, if, if you don't, if you can't, tell the truth to yourself much less to whoever you're talking to um you know i I remember when i was in the secular world and 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 this was the biggest thing that i i uh i can remember now that i look back i I can see that like god was preparing me for 
running my own business. Even to the point, I don't, I don't know if I told it on this podcast or not. Um, right before I left, maybe mm, 12, 15 months or something like that before I left, we got a, a new controller. And then the, the controller at a company is the one that runs the finances. He's the head guy. Yeah. And we got a new one. And, I mean, this dude was brilliant. Um, and we had a couple crappy ones before that. And, uh, but we had this, this guy, his, his name was core and he came in and he was just like, I, I'm not a finance guy by no means, but I worked in inventory and inventory just happened to follow, follow under finance because yeah. that is the biggest, you know, that's where you're spending all the money. That's where I have our biggest cap, you know, capital investments. Um, so um, we're there and, you know, Core's working with me and he would just like, you know, he comes to me maybe like five or six months after he gets there. He goes, I need you to understand finances more than you do. Perfect. That's perfect. So we go in his office and on his whiteboard, he says, David's future business. Never even thought ever I would own my own business. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and then he runs. We go through. We spend 30, 45 minutes a day of running through. Uh, transactions in and out of my finances in my future business, mm. right? And I'm just like, so I'm going in there, and I'm just like, okay, you know, I see how that works at, at this current company. Okay, oh, now I get what you're trying to tell me over here that we really need to watch this because the way mm. it affects, you know, yeah. this T chart, the ins and outs, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay. But then six months later, we have this thing that goes down we have this uh what do they call it a, a hostile takeover mm-hmm. in our company so our company was ran by uh father and son and they were minority owners but they ran the company okay the way the structure was set up is they they, they actually ran the company um so when they found out the father and son were kind of doing some stuff under the table and kind of messing with the books and different mm-hmm. things, the majority silent partners came in and did a hostile takeover, mm-hmm. which it was just like the movies. I'm working at my desk, and I'll just tell you this for fun. <laughs> I'm working at my desk, and one of the owners that me and him were kind of, we were cool, uh, he wasn't in on the other stuff. He was like, hey, man, I need a favor, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, follow me. So I, we go into the we go into the boardroom, which was not a big deal. We've we have bunches of meetings and we're gonna I walk in there, there's like all of these like strangers and five cops. And I walk in, I'm just thinking to myself, like all the things that I've ever done. Yeah. You know, are like spinning in my head. Uh-huh. Like it's finally caught up to me. Mm. You know? And I'm and I know I turned white because the one guy, which I, he he was the majority owner, silent partner. Mm-hmm. He owned like 40-something percent of the company himself. He goes, everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Well, they they called a meeting to their office. Well, the, the father and son went to the office. While they're at the office, they bring these cops in and do a hostile takeover of the mm. company. And they wanted me to walk the police officers to every entrance uh. so they couldn't come back in, right? Um, so this was like some crazy like stuff like you would only see in movies, you know? Yeah. And um, so all of that went down. Well, when that goes down, like I'm like, man, this is not a place that I want to work. 
Yeah. We were rejoicing at the time. Like, these guys are coming in. They're putting, like, in, in, in the uh, snack. They're putting snacks in and free food and drinks yeah. and hiring fajitas on the weekends oh. and whatever. So this thing goes to trial. And the father and son, because the way the contract was written, they got the company back. Mm. So I was just like, man, forget this. Like, I'm not yeah. working with these guys no more. Yeah, it didn't sound fun. And then about that that time, the opportunity to come to buy the company. Mm. And here we go. Core's like David's future company. Yeah, yeah. Not even tied it together until six months ago. Mm. Six months ago, I was I was I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, you know what? I never even realized, but you know, six months before everything went down, I almost said the name. Six months before everything went down in my old job, Cora was teaching me about mm -hmm. David's future company. Mm. Why am I even telling the story? I don't remember, but it's a good story. And um, so God has everything in control. Yeah, there we you go. know what I'm saying. God knows exactly. But if I would have, if I would have lied to myself, if I would have, you know, uh, really focused in on what the enemy was telling me, because the enemy was telling me the whole time, you never went to college. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. never have these things. You'll never be anything like that's that's how I grew up. You had ADHD, you have dyslexia. Like you're never going to be any good. And um, if I would have listened to that stuff, and I did for a long time, yeah. I did for a long time. Even to when I was when your grandfather uh, ordained me to be um, a pastor, I told this story uh, many times where uh, the night before I found myself in my 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 son's room when he was just a baby and I'm just surrounded by baby stuff and cribs and stuff bawling my eyes out just like a baby. I'm not worthy enough. I don't, I don't, I don't know my word enough. I don't know all these different things, you know, because the enemy had lied to me so much about all of my failures, not failures, all of my shortcomings in life mm -hmm. that I couldn't see everything that God was trying to show me and everything he was trying to take my shortcomings because you know that when they said when you can't smell you see better, or you can't see you hear better, all those things, and and that's exactly what God was doing because I had all these shortcomings over here. I excelled so much in all these other areas yeah. that promoted me to be able to run my own company, and I'm now now I know where the story was going. Yeah. Um, but God had to show me so many times when I was faced with having to tell the truth. Or lie back in those days, right? And I could there have been many, many times for me to get up, get away from things, uh, to not be, uh, you know, disciplined on, on, on mistakes that I made to tell lies. Um, but I, I told the truth because of who I was in Christ, right? God showed me that it was. He was waiting for me to be able to do that on the ease because when I was when now when I own my own company, there's nobody to correct me. Yeah. Now either I can tell the truth or I can't. You got to hold yourself accountable. I have to hold myself accountable. But he yeah. was teaching me that then, so now it's easy for me to say, "Yeah, Mister, Mrs. Customer, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, yeah. we did make that mistake, and I, we we did fail you there. But here's what we're going to do to make it right." You know, um, so God teaches us those those things, and He was teaching me those things. And I didn't even know it in those areas, but I was being faithful to Him and making sure I was being faithful to you know God's word and, and my um, 
who I was. You know, I, I remember uh, this one time where I was, we were fasting. We do our yearly fast here, yeah. and and um, we went to this all these big dogs. You know, because where I was, all these like presidents for these like Fortune five hundred companies and oil companies would come down. We would have these meetings and stuff. And here I am again, thinking, what am I even doing here? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just some. Shouldn't dude, be in this room. I'm this ain't d- the room for me. This is not the room for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like the dude from the street that never went to college, and I hear these guys that are all around me, yeah. and and they're traveling the world doing this stuff. And so they're like, okay, we want to take you to lunch, you know. And it was a group of us, and I was just like, I'm on this fast, like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bow out because you know the Bible says, you know, d- you know, put your nice clothes on and mm-hmm. don't look like you're, you know, you're fasting or whatever, and don't boast about it or whatever. Yeah. And the Lord was just like, go, and I'm just like, well, this is, this doesn't align up, you know. I don't, I don't want to have to tell him that I'm fasting and you know because I can't order anything, I'm just with water, you know. Yeah. And he's in the Lord. I just really felt like the Lord said go, and uh, so I'm just like, okay, so I'll go. And when I went, you know, every, I ordered water, and it came around around to me, and they would, I was just like, no, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, no, 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 you know, we got this, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and and I knew because these these are the best meals you get, you know, yeah. when the, the you know the president of a Fortune Five company comes down, you're like, order, you know, the, you the, the whole steak. menu, you get yeah. the steak, the lobster, yeah, you get you it get all, all. Mm-hmm. and uh, so there was a guy that was sitting next to me, and uh, he was from Shell, Big Wig and Shell, and then. Uh, I just thought I was going to pass, and, you know, I'm not eating right now. And, and uh, so they went ahead, and everybody's kind of looking at me weird. And I was, mm-hmm. This guy was next to me. He's like, what's going on? You know, you go through I said, you know, I'm just, you know, fasting right now. He was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember when I was having some health issues or whatever, I had a fast, too. And he said, do you have any health issues? And I was just like, no, not really. And, and the Lord was just like, mm-hmm. it's your time. You know, no, no witness to this guy. Yeah, and uh, the guy was just you know he was telling me like man thank you so much for you know just standing up before you believe because so many times I have I have these insecurities in my life of letting people know that I'm Christian mm-hmm. and for you to stand up in front of this crowd and uh, you know hold on to your faith means a whole lot to me and then now it gave this guy you know some ability maybe to encourage him the next time to be able to stand up for who God God is in his life and yeah Sure. And to be credible for for the things that he said, anyways, I just thought it was interesting about you know, and and we see it we see it in in the culture today that people can't be who they really are, yeah. Uh, just because, and, and if, if you go to any high school, ninety percent of them all look the same, mm. you know. No matter what color skin they are, they're wearing the same clothes, the same shoes, they got the same haircut. Um, they all look the same because they want they want to be they don't want to be a standout. You know, they don't want to look different. And, uh, man, my little Noah, he struggles with it, man. He, he, You know, we'll buy him some shoes, and then he'll go to he'll, he'll go to school the first day, and then he don't have the shoes that they have. And he was just like, I don't want these shoes no more. I want these shoes. Mm-hmm. And he's got to be, you know, the kids in his, the neighborhood, don't they don't wear They just wear, like, Crocs and shorts. So that's how he wants to go outside in yeah. Crocs and shorts. I'm just like, Bubba, you can't continue to do this. Like, you're not going to be happy with your life if you're always waiting to see what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Be a leader, you know. And that's what I encourage people. No matter what I was doing in life, and it, and I know it's probably um, just my my nature. is I'm, I'm normally the loudest guy in the room. He's trying to hold court and tell stories uh-huh. and all those things. But 
that's one thing that really helped me was, man, be who, who you are. You know, even when I had all these insecurities and that the loudness and all that was probably trying to cover up some of those things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just trying to be me, you know. Uh, and then uh, probably I was trying to, you know, magnify some of those things, some of those qualities, so you wouldn't see other qualities in, in my life. But sure. uh, but just trying to be who God has called you to be and um, be truthful for yourself. Be truthful for the ones around you because people around them around us need to know who you really are so they can lean on you so you can lean on them uh, in those times of needs and stuff. So I just thought it was interesting and I also also wanted to uh, pick pick on millennials too. Um, But when you're talking... I'm still sticking by the the millennials are the most honest right there. I'm sticking by that one. I think that's a good... I mean, if we were in court, I mean, you would have something to stand on right there. Yeah, I think so. I, f- I feel like I've definitely heard um, whatever random studies cited that say that everybody lies like a crazy amount throughout yeah. the day. And I, you're probably right. Yeah. Because, and you know, when I, I found myself when I, you know, before I was a Christian that I would just lie about stupid stuff. Just, yeah. just, to, just so Google I didn't have it right now. Let's see what it says. <laughs> just so you don't, you don't have to, you know, so you make you look better. And, you know, I remember I had, when I was in uh, elementary we were all poor. There was not yeah. a there was not a nice part of our town. You know what I mean? And I had everybody convinced when I was in like third grade that I was rich. <laughs> For no reason. Liar. You know, and they knew, like if I mean if we wasn't in third grade, they would know. I lived in the same community you lived. I lived next door. You know I wasn't yeah, yeah. rich. But I had them like, you know, thinking, Oh, David's rich, man. You know, he had the nice pair of shoes and this and that, you know, and I was just, I lied to him about how much my shoes cost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that popped up says, how often does the average person lie? It says, uh, some researchers estimate that the average person tell around one to two lies per day. However, other studies f- have found much higher numbers. Some suggest people tell closer to 10 to 15 lies per day. And yeah, uh, I think it's how a- can you do a study on lying? I, don't like, know, you know, <laughs> I think this is the environment. Cause if you get a bunch of guys in a room, you know there's going to be a bunch of lying going on. Well, you get a bunch of girls they do the same thing. Yeah, the girls, you know. If you, um, so, and then if you get guys and girls, the girls are going to lie to the guys. Oh, the man. guys are going to lie to you the girls. You know the guys lying to the girls. Oh, you for sure, for sure. Dude, anyway. I had a. Uh, actually, it doesn't even matter. Go ahead. Uh, I was trying to remember the the thing exactly. Actually, I don't remember the details of the story, so I'm not going to do it. But yeah, no, I don't know. I think all that stuff you brought up there. Yeah, I think it's just all from insecurities, not knowing who you are. Of course, you find your value and all that in Christ. Um, I think nothing's new. All this stuff is the same stuff that's been going on. Everybody's been comparing themselves to others, yeah. always wanted the nicer whatever for forever. Um, people blame it on social media these days. And sure, that has an effect. But, you know, it's just that's what this generation's dealing with. The generation before had something different that they were using to compare themselves with. And the next generation will have something else. Nothing's new. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. It's just a different day and age. We have different. We're not riding on horses anymore. We're in cars, but we still got to. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that social media only made the world smaller, right? Yeah. So. It made it bigger and smaller. Right. So if you think like um, back in the day, you know, they're oh the South. You're still behind this and blah, blah, blah. Because like, um, so fashion, let's just take fashion for, for instance, sure. fashion would come from like uh, France, you know, they were all, they're always ahead on fashion and things like that. Oui. Uh, so then that went to New York, 
Mm. Right. And so that filtered through New York and the Midwest and the California. Yeah. And we were always the last ones to to get it us down here on the south. In the south. Our culture is diff- different, first off, because, you know, yeah. we're riding horses and all those things. But it would always, so we, they would always say, where were the last was to get it because it took time to filter down. We didn't have internet and social media to let yeah, us know yeah. what they were doing in all these other areas. Yeah. So it just kind of made the world a little bit smaller uh, and sped time up for people that, you know, that normally would get information last. You yeah. Know? But we, it made it bigger, too, because now instead of you. If you're talking about like all the insecurities comparing yourself to others, instead of you comparing yourself to the 20 people in your school right. classroom, now you're comparing them to everybody that everybody you see in the world. online. Yeah, and uh, I was just the other day, man, I was checking in on uh, on uh, just different like towns and stuff, and I was just on the internet, just like zooming in, like yeah, I mean, you can just, do that. It's crazy how you can yeah yeah. Anyways. That's all we got, man. Be true to yourself. Be true to God. Be true to others. Believe the truth, not the lie. That's right. And we love you. This is The Refuge Project.